welcome to the Seeds Church Podcast. Be sure to follow and subscribe to us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and on our Apple and Spotify podcasts. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message from our Sunday service. Many years ago, I worked for myself and had a workshop in the northeast corner of Tassie. Don't judge me for that. And this was days days well before Spotify and podcasts, and there was only two radio stations that you could get. One was the ABC. I was 20, <laughs> so apart from the cricket. Uh, but the other radio station was commercial one. Every morning they had talkback radio, or maybe better termed talk to radio, as the host was the infamous John Laws. If you know him, some of you do, you know what I'm talking about. John Laws, the ultimate shock jock. One day a caller was trying to def- rang up and try to defend a Christian worldview. The caller was not well equipped and was eaten alive, let me tell you. And John Laws, having uh, had a platform and a rant, uh, went on to describe, defame and disparage the church. I was 20. And he finished his rant with something like, what good is a church anyway? It's just another club like Rotary or Lions. It was that single comment with me being 20, that lit a fire in me. Now, I don't have any issues with Rotary Alliance. I'm, I'm positive towards them. I think they're great. But I too do take an issue with what he was saying about the church. In fact, I was incensed at his dismissal of the church, his disregard for the holy and... I'm having a good day, aren't I? The glasses, that's what's doing it, thanks. Uh, the holy and beautiful creation of which the church is. So God has planned the church. Jesus gave himself up for the church. The Spirit is building the church together. The church is God's idea. The Bible in the Bible is described as the bride of Christ. And while many people both in and out of the church like to slander it and defame it, malign it, it's precious to God. And Jesus died for it. So its value is immeasurable. Please don't degrade the church in my hearing. For the last couple of weeks, let me see if I can keep moving. The last couple of weeks, we've been hearing stories of the church at work and seen some of the variety of the church. For the next few weeks, we're going to look at the passage from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, as we unpack just a little about the why of the church, why we are, who we are, and why we should be concerned about the church. In fact, why we should love the church. And of course, I'm deliberately doing this today as we give birth to a new church. I need to give you full disclosure, and I have to admit that my favourite subject you might notice is to preach on the life of the church, the purpose and the meaning of the church. So for me, I get to focus on my favourite topic for the next four weeks. I'm doing this because we need to be who we are. If we are not, if, if we're not the church and the world around us suffers, our community of Abbotford Park and Happy Valley and Flagstaff Hill, many other suburbs 
our community of Corolda Park and surrounding suburbs, our online community, which is all over the place, needs us to be the church. Not a club, not a social group, not a social welfare group, not a good ideas group, not an activist group. The church, the church. The challenge before us to be the church is real, it's vital, it is eternal. has huge consequences. In a few weeks' time, we're going to walk into the season of Lent. Lent is the six weeks period leading up to Easter. For those who don't know, it's a time of preparation for Easter when a lot of people fast or take some spiritual discipline to enhance their faith, to be ready to remember the life and the death, the suffering of Jesus on our behalf. So for this, we're going to be picking up, of course, some passages from the book of Luke. I keep encouraging you to keep reading it or listening to it or or hearing it whenever way you can. One of the things we have for small group leaders is a resource called Right Now Media. It's a fantastic resource that comes with an app and is mostly video content. It's very helpful. We notice that it has a very extensive section in the book of Luke. In particular, there's a series called Eyewitnesses. It's 20, 12 to 18 minute long videos. I'm noting this because some of you might find this interesting even outside of small groups for your own personal devotion. We have a subscription so anybody from our church can access this. This coming Wednesday, in the weekly email, there will be a link and instructions on how to access this resource. So let me pray and I'll just finish the rest of my sermon. Lord, we ask that your spirit would speak through my humble words, that your voice would be heard, and that your church would be alive. Amen. The Apostle Peter writes a series of letters to the church in Asia Minor, which is now called Turkey. It was a time of great persecution for the church. There's a lot of suffering. Uh, So if you're a believer, it was hard days. But Peter writes to encourage and to strengthen for the church to remember the benefits of Jesus and his suffering on their behalf and to remember who they are. He wants them to be the church. So let me read to you these two verses from 1 Peter 9 to 10 um, that will guide our thinking for the next couple of weeks. 1 Peter 2, 9 to 10. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people... But now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. For me, this is a poignant description of the church. There is a lot here. It is, is deep, it is packed, solid. So these, next two, these two verses will guide our teaching and our thoughts through February. Today, I want to take that first phrase, but you are a chosen people. Of course, the word there, but at the start of the sentence, means that we need to look uh, at why we need it. But means in contrast or opposed to. Opposed to what? Well, that's not that hard to find. In contrast to those who don't believe or who have stumbled over the message or those who have disobeyed the message. The end of verse 8 says this, they stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. When you disobey... You find yourself out of God's will and out of the covenant relationship with God and his people. 
Pardon the English, but that's how you end up in the realm of but. That's how you end up away from God's chosen people. That's how you get the destiny of all those who discard and reject Jesus and his life-transforming message. How you get what you were destined for, those who refuse Jesus. But notice though, the church is a chosen people. The the church's chosen has pretty interesting connotations. In fact, there is a lot of questions around it. Does that mean God chooses those who are saved and those who aren't saved? Does that mean God only wants a few people? Does that mean we don't know who's in and who's out? Am I really out, but I think I'm in? Does God send people to hell? It's a vexing and complex issue and one in which the Bible needs to be studied carefully to understand. And it this is not the only time it pops up in the New Testament. For me, I see the Bible holding this in great tension between free will and God's sovereignty. But in this case, the question here is answered by the context. The, verse before, the verses before this statement lead us to believe that everyone makes a choice for their foundation of life. The choice is yours to decide for or against Jesus. Verse 7, now, you who believe, now to you who believe, the stone is precious. It's a stone referring to Jesus. But those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And even more, let me read verse 8 again to you. A stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. In other words, when people don't choose Jesus, they end up stumbling over that which should have built them up and that which should have, they should have made the center point of their whole life. What should have been the key anchor as they build their life becomes something they try to avoid, but it's always in the way. Why is that? Because life doesn't work without Jesus. I suppose this comes down to this simple thing. God chooses you, do you choose God? God in his grace has provided this wonderful option for life, centre point of life and how often it's ignored. And for those who are awakened to God's mercy, we need to understand that God chooses to work through the church. God chooses to bless and empower the church. God chooses to love, to protect the church. God chooses to form the church. Do we choose to be part of the church? Not just an attender, I'm not talking about casual. To love it as Jesus loved it. To serve it as Jesus served it. To sacrifice for it as Jesus sacrificed for it. Is is that our choice? To be a part of the church in its fullness. Not as a user, not as a, as a drive-by, we take a bit and then we leave, but, but in, in, in the nature of it, in the, the wholeness of it. You know, there are significant echoes here in what was said for the nation of Israel. God chose Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. God chose to bless the, bless the Israelites. God chose to reveal himself to them in a special way. Was it because they did anything amazing, wonderful, special? Was it because they tickled his fancy in some particular way? There is no suggestion and no mention of that at all. Rather, to my mind, God chose the nation of Israel to reveal himself for one huge reason. That is, 
so that other nations around them might see how it is when God is in their midst and in seeing that might turn and embrace God and God's way of life as well. That would be a lighthouse for others to see how it was when God revealed himself to a whole people group. Israel was meant to be an example of the way people are to be when God is their foundation, but they could never do it. So God chooses the church to do the same, to be a place where people can see what it's like to live under the rule of God, what it's like to build our lives on Jesus as the cornerstone of all things. God chooses the church to do that, to live into our purposes as the people of God. It's a high calling. Do you see how important, even just this little bit, the church is to the plans of God? This is only a tip of the iceberg and we'll unpack this heaps more in the next few weeks. And so here's the thing. As the church in the West loses its place in society, as we flounder about wondering what we are all about, is it that we've forgotten our identity? Have we been so caught up in being social, being nice, being focused on the periphery of our faith that we have missed the core of our calling and our being? That we've forgotten what we are chosen for, that we are chosen for a purpose? a task, a holy calling in the sight of God. The the truth is that we've been chosen as a church to be a living example of what it is like when God is in our midst, when he directs our path, when he gives us our reason to being, when he becomes the centre of what we stand on, what our foundation that we build our lives on, how God shapes our identity and our actions. So today in our midst, in our flesh and blood in front of us, we have been reminded of the core of who we are. We are a sent people, chosen to be a lighthouse keeper, chosen to love, chosen to share, chosen to care, to bless, to heal, chosen to hold, to hope, chosen to be used by the Spirit of God, chosen to live and embrace the gospel that Jesus invites all into relationship with him. I wanted to end this with a story. Because stories stick, don't they? But then I realised that we are the story today. Today it's our story. We are the church. The story that I'm looking for is us. It's happening today. It's happening tomorrow. Next year, the future. We are the story. We are the church. My friends, be who you are. Be the church. Be the people that Jesus died for. Be chosen. Live into your identity. Let me read to you again. I'm going to invite the band to come and just sing that last song Um, as I read this out from the message. Let me read it to you again from the message translation. But you are the ones chosen by God. Listen to this. You are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work, to speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he's made for you 
from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. How good is that? Well, thanks for listening to the Seeds Church Podcast. We hope you join in with us next week. For more information, you can visit our website at seedschurch.org.